0: Welcome to another place in time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hey everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive Season (laughs) 2
1: And we're back (laughs) <laughs> and
0: I am your host, Rob Riches.
1: And I'm Cheryl Riches.
0: Our other host.
1: Because I'm she's gonna... already
0: forgotten how we do all this. Well,
1: it's been it's been a minute.
0: <laughs> that doesn't mean you forget how to say your name and what you are.
1: I forgot how to set up the podcast, didn't I? And I've that's... Been sitting here for an hour trying to remember how to record.
0: See, these are things that you wouldn't know, but she feels she has to tell you. And then when I make fun <laughs> of her, she'll be like, Why did you make fun of me for that? <laughs>
1: listen I'm not an editor I try
0: oh boy <laughs> well we survived season one so we got this far we're into season two um if you're not sure what happened or why we were gone there is a uh old prequel I guess you would say that I
1: called it a season two promo that's what a I called whole it promo
0: of what yes. happened and where we've been and what was going on but basically summer came and we said screw it that's yeah. the uh, short form. There's the long form if you like to do it, but uh, if you like the Coles note, we said screw it, shut down, regrouped, a bunch of stuff going on, and here we are back. Why are we back? Because
1: we've had a lot of people ask us to come back, actually. Lots of people. I've, I've had lots of people ask me.
0: The fans demanded it.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: most of them wanted to hear me. They didn't care if Cheryl showed up.
1: <laughs> oh, please. They wanted to be grossed out by my stories.
0: Mm, which I'm sure you won't let us down with. <laughs> Uh, it's been a good summer and lots of camping. So we can talk about that over the podcast Did lots of motorcycle trips. Yeah. Um, if you hear any barking in the background, we are also fostering a dog.
1: Yeah. If you want to adopt her, <laughs> if you'd like to adopt her,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, give that out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She, they're, uh, actually we'll just tell you we're with the rebel dog rescue and they're a great organization. So if you're looking at adopting a dog, look for them. <laughs>
0: I would yeah. highlight Martha. Yes. Martha is a very good dog. She, She's just a little ball of energy. And Cheryl and I are not little balls of energy
1: yes.
0: and our other three <laughs> dogs. So we have lots of dogs. We've always done fostering or we haven't always done fostering, but we usually do a lot of adoptions. We go through uh, Rescue. res- yeah. rescues and yeah. all that stuff. This is our actual big first foster. Um, and you're probably going to hear in the background because she is not beside us, and she gets all kind of yippy. Yeah. But she is she actually just, she is a really good dog. She's, she's off really the good. She, she just wants
1: people. She's yeah. really happy. Except right now. Right now, now while yeah. she's barking.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm going to guess that if you're sitting across from me and you have that microphone in your face, that means that you've got a story for me. I sure do. Are you going to gross me out again?
1: I maybe a little bit, not <sighs> as bad as it has been.
0: All right. Oh, so you're going to start us off slowly and reel us in as we go?
1: Um,
0: like, I mean, over the course of the I podcast mean, <laughs> weeks.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Although it's still kind of bad. It's just not quite as bad as some of the stories that I've told you.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, we'll see what happens here. Have you got your drink?
1: I do. I have just a little bit of wine left over from just last a night. Bit. Yeah, from last night.
0: <laughs> How many bottles of wine did I buy you? Two. And you got a little bit left over
1: listen i had company
0: <laughs> yeah it wasn't in your, just in me. your head <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what about the summers bees i bought you
1: i also had company for those
0: and what about the beer that you took out of the fridge
1: that was a mid out of my
0: garage fridge
1: that was a mid-afternoon i've been working hard beer you haven't done anything
0: you didn't even go to work
1: <laughs> yesterday we were working hard i can't remember what we were doing
0: We went grocery shopping.
1: No, we got back. Oh, we were working on the trailer. That's what we were doing. Oh, my God. She
0: vacuumed for 20 minutes. (laughs) And she's calling that working. And then she went in and made soup.
1: It's hard work. I had to fight the crowds in Costco. Oh, boy. There wasn't even
0: (laughs) crowds at that Costco. You keep saying, how it was easy. You've got
1: nothing. Can you you give me a bone here? (laughs) No.
0: Nothing. Nothing for you. Anyways. You have your drink, you have your story, so let her rip, potato chip. That hasn't changed.
1: Okay. All right. This week, I am going to tell you about Colleen Stan, also known as the girl in the box. Apparently, this is like a fairly famous story. I had never heard of it. Have you? I think
0: I, think I have. When you said girl in the box.
1: Yeah. I guess it was like when it came out, uh, it was a media circus. It was in the early 80s. Maybe it's because you're older than me and you remember but that it was a complete media Older circus. and wiser. <laughs> so, anyways, I don't remember it. Um,
0: you didn't remember how to do a podcast from a couple months ago.
1: I yeah, that's true. My memory is shit. But <laughs> that's shit. <something. laughs> it's non-existent. <laughs> yeah.
0: People, okay. you don't understand this with her. Okay, I'm going back in here with her memory. <laughs> we were in the garage. I said to her, "Can you close the garage door and grab me a pop out of the fridge?" She closed the garage door. I literally walked out the door to the truck to start it, to warm it up for her. She closed the garage door and got in the truck. And I'm like, I guess I will go get my own drink.
1: Okay. But I think my transition into dementia is going to be fairly smooth. So. <laughs> yeah, because it's
0: here now. Anyways, did you remember you have a story?
1: I, yes, I do. I'm going to tell you that story right now. Okay. Okay. You're on the box. Colleen was born on December 31st, 1956 in Oregon. So on, I don't know a whole bunch about her childhood. It didn't way say, to research. Well, I I did, but it didn't say a whole bunch. So I'm gonna assume that it was a fairly normal childhood. Her family seems to have loved her, so that's good. Anyways, on May nineteenth, nineteen seventy-seven, when Colleen was twenty years old, Colleen decided she was gonna do a little hitchhiking. Seems abnormal now. Back then, not so much, right?
0: No, I've actually done hitchhiking.
1: Yeah, that's still abnormal for your age, I think really maybe i don't know i think you're probably right on the cusp of when hitchhiking kind of stopped
0: yeah i guess i mean and you were I, also
1: raised in the sticks
0: and i was only molested once yeah. <laughs> so i mean it wasn't like i was really upset
1: about it <laughs> okay she wanted to hitchhike from her home in oregon to northern california for a birthday party she wanted to show up at her friend's birthday party. Party as a surprise. Her friend didn't know she was coming, but it was a little over 600 miles away. Now, Colleen was an experienced hitchhiker, so she, she felt pretty safe because she had done this so many times before. She wouldn't get into the car with people she didn't feel comfortable with, and she was kind of picky about her rides. So by the middle of the afternoon, Colleen was over halfway there in the town of Red Bluff, California. So she had a little over two hours left in her travels until she was going to reach her destination. She'd already turned down two drivers because she didn't feel safe. Like she didn't think that she was going to get in with them. They sketched her out a little. And then a young couple pulled over and they had a baby in the car. And so she felt like, oh, they'll be safe. They're a young couple with a baby, right? So why, yep. wouldn't, why wouldn't you feel safe? <laughs> the couple was Cameron and Janice Hooker.
0: Most people realize that if they have a baby, they're probably stressed out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but stress doesn't make you do the things that these people are about to do. Usually, unless you're these people, I guess. Anyways, she gets in the car and there's not much conversation going on in the beginning. And she just figures, well, you know, if you meet somebody, it's awkward. You don't have much to talk about. You don't know what you have in common. But she did notice that Cameron kept checking her out in the rearview mirror. So that was starting to like, Bother her a little bit. Well, maybe he
0: was a little nervous that she was going to do something to them.
1: Back then, was that a nervous thing for women to do that sort of thing? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. What Could year be. did you say it was? 1956. I guess like. Oh,
0: no, she was born in 56. Oh yeah,
1: 1977.
0: You don't even know your own story. I do. <laughs> you already forgot the dates.
1: <laughs> I just I knew the dates. I just said them wrong. Wow. Anyways. I was just a wee babe. (laughs) Um, At one point, they pulled over to get some gas, and Colleen got out to use the bathroom. She said that while she was in using the bathroom, there was a voice inside her head to jump out the window and run and never look back.
0: Usually go with your instincts.
1: Just listen to that little voice in your head. Even if you're wrong, what's it going to (laughs) matter? Like At the end of the day, maybe you'll know that you did something to save yourself. Maybe you won't, but... I don't know. Listen to the voice in your head.
0: How many of your stories have that? You know what I mean. They're like, I thought about this, but then I thought, no, nah, yeah. that could never <laughs> happen. Stop! Stop! <laughs> stop!
1: It's so true. Just like listen to your instincts. That's why you have them. Okay. Anyways, Colleen ignored her instincts and got back into the car. And after a short while, Cameron turned down a deserted road. He turned off the car and Janice and the eight month old baby got out. Cameron jumped into the back seat. He had a knife and he held it up to Colleen's throat. What do you think's gonna happen?
0: Uh, He's gonna tell her to put back what she was stealing and get out.
1: No. (laughs) She doesn't get raped. I thought that's what you were gonna say. She doesn't get raped, not at this point. Um, Not at this point, thanks.
0: (laughs) There goes (laughs) foreshadowing.
1: Um, He had a knife, and he held it up to Colleen's throat, and Cameron asked if she was going to do what he said. So, of course, she said yes, because what else is she going to do, right? When somebody's got a knife pressed against your throat? Cameron blindfolded, gagged, and handcuffed Colleen in the back seat. Then he grabbed a wooden box that Colleen had been sitting next to the whole time, but she hadn't paid much attention to it. It had hinges and a hole to fit around her neck. Cameron put it over her head. It had like sound deafening materials in it and it was like blackout. So she had a blindfold plus this box over her head. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And the box weighed about 20 pounds. So pretty heavy on her head. So now he was in the backseat. Because that's what she was worried
0: about. The weight of the box. Right.
1: So now she's in the backseat, blindfolded, gagged, handcuffed, and terrified with a box on her head. And she feels the car turn back on and start driving away. Cameron drove the car back to the couple's house, back to Red Bluff, and brought Colleen to the basement. He made Colleen take off all of her clothes and stand on an ice chest, which I'm assuming is like a cooler in today's terms, while he attached her wrists to hooks on the ceiling. Then he pulled the ice chest out from under her feet and she was left suspended in the air. Colleen began screaming. Cameron got out a whip to punish her. He told her to shut up, so she did. She hung in the air and cried, and he tortured her there for hours. And Cameron and Janice had sex below her. Okay, I need to backtrack a little bit back to where, to this wacko couple's beginnings here. Cameron was a lumber mill worker, and up until this point, Cameron had been using Janice to act out all his sexual and bondage fantasies, but Janice had had enough. Janice agreed to let Cameron kidnap a girl, and act out his fantasies on her as long as there was no sexual penetration, because that makes it okay.
0: No, that's where it goes wrong. Right? That doesn't make <laughs> nothing. Makes it okay? <laughs>
1: no, nothing makes it okay. Absolutely. But whatever that in her little twisted head, I guess it was made it okay. So this is how Colleen ended up strung up in the basement. When he was done for the night, he left Colleen still hooked to the ceiling and still blindfolded, but he gave her a crate to sit on. Well, that
0: was nice of (laughs) him. Yeah. Yeah. What a a gentleman.
1: Right. This whole time, her family thought that Colleen was still hitchhiking to her friends or had arrived to her friend's birthday party, I guess. And she was going to stay there for a couple of days. The friend didn't know to call back and say she didn't arrive because she wasn't expecting her at the birthday party. It was going to be a surprise. So nobody knew that she was even missing at this point. After four days, when Colleen didn't come back, her roommates started to worry about her disappearance. So her roommates called Colleen's parents to say, like, she's not here. Have you seen or heard from her? Do you know what's going on? Colleen's parents contacted the police, but with the police not having anything to go off of, there wasn't much they can do, and Colleen's parents spent the next days driving up and down that highway, that whole 600 miles back and forth, trying to find any sign of Colleen. During this time, Colleen was being held in a crate-like box in the basement. It was, like, taller than it was long, so she, it wasn't long enough for her to lay down in. So she was forced to sleep sitting up. Cameron told Colleen that if she screamed, he would cut her vocal cords out and that he had done it before. And she believed him. Why wouldn't she? Meanwhile, Cameron and Janice are living upstairs and they just keep living their lives as if there's nothing else going on. Cameron would go to work every day and Janice would take care of the baby. And then after work, every day, Cameron would go straight down to the basement and talk to Colleen for hours and torture her and also take pictures of her being tortured. He would torture her in different ways. So there was like a stretcher that he'd like put chains around her and, you know, pull on her body parts.
0: And it's called the old, it's <laughs> the old medieval rack.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, he attached wires to her to give her electric shocks. And then there was the whip and whatever. I don't know. I, whatever sick, twisted things he came up with. I don't know. This routine continued for months. Colleen was only ever ever allowed out of the box when she was being tortured. The torture was usually performed by Cameron, but Janice would watch and help. Back at home, everybody was still searching for Colleen, but at this point they feared the worst. Colleen's mom sent her dental records to the authorities, just in case they found a body and needed to compare. Colleen had been wearing a blindfold the entire time of her captivity. After eight months had passed... Cameron allowed her to take off her blindfold and for the first time she saw her surroundings. Cameron opened up a small storage space under the stairs that he called his workshop. He had a huge collection of BDSM magazines in this area and he handed a magazine to Colleen. He made Colleen read an article about the slave trade and slave owners and he handed Colleen a contract had Colleen sign the contract in the, and in the contract it re, like it sorry it was a slave contract I didn't say that in the contract it referenced an organization of slave owners called the company she was told that if she didn't sign she would be turned over to a much worse slave master in the company Colleen was afraid for her life and signed the contract
0: well I'm sure it's legally binding too yeah
1: I'm sure not signed under duress at all no Also, though, it's been eight months, so she's going to do whatever she has to do because she knows that he holds her life in his hands, right?
0: This is true.
1: Colleen became very fearful of the company. Cameron would tell her stories that she believed to be true, so she never wanted to upset, upset Cameron in fear of the company. She was told that the company was always watching her, and if she tried to escape, they would kill her and all of her family. In the contract, it said that Colleen must submit to any and all desires of her master. Cameron also signed the contract under the alias of Michael Powers. Colleen was forced to refer to Cameron as Master, and she was only allowed to talk if he gave her permission.
0: Okay, so, I mean, everything you're talking about is horrible, but I can understand the woman needing to call you Master. No. No.
1: Not even a little bit. No? You're going to get hate mail.
0: (laughs) Not if I don't give out our podcast. I will email.
1: <laughs> you won't remember it. I'll give it out. <laughs> um, after she signed the contract, Colleen's treatment changed just like a little bit. Like I'm not gonna say Colleen's life became good because it didn't, but she got a few more privileges that she didn't have. Did she got a
0: longer box for so legs construction.
1: <laughs> no, no, nothing oh. like that. Uh, she could have the luxury of not wearing the blindfold all the time, and she got to wear clothing.
0: <gasps> that's a step up. Well, <laughs> right. That was so nice of him. See, yes, you're painting this awful picture of this guy.
1: <laughs> but she was also raped for the first time. And so there that's is. where the wife gets mad. There it is. Uh, a year after her abduction, the hookers decided they were going to move into a mobile home.
0: Wait a minute. So the mother didn't get mad about the rape?
1: I don't, not yet. No, I think, I think there's probably some element of abuse going on there too, but I don't know. Anyways, they're moving into a mobile home, so obviously it doesn't have a basement. So he doesn't have a basement to keep Colleen in anymore.
0: Well, that's good planning because I mean, what you should really do is really think about your living you
1: know, like Yes. I had well when you have some in the
0: basement, so what I'm gonna do is now take away that basement because I no longer need it.
1: Well he solved this. He solved this by building a box about the size of a coffin. What is it with him in boxes? He's a carpenter. Yeah, but still I know. <laughs> it's I <a> don't box. <laughs> yeah. But he kept this box in the frame of the couple's waterbed. Colleen spent the next two years in this box. She was let out of the box a little bit more like a little bit more than she had been in the basement but the majority of her days were locked up in this coffin sized box the hookers would let her come out sometimes to do chores or gardening and by this time they had had a second child so they would use colleen as child care
0: come on
1: nope that's a real thing And Cameron began to build a dungeon. This was a place that he planned on keeping Colleen. In the
0: mobile home?
1: Yeah, like outside of the mobile home. They had like a little shed. He planned on keeping Colleen there and also other women that he planned on kidnapping. And he forced Colleen to help him build it. So Colleen spent a good part of her days digging a hole underneath the shed for her own dungeon.
0: And nobody in the neighborhood, nobody saw this. Nobody thought it was weird i don't know we all thought they were a good couple they were so (laughs) quiet never expected anything
1: colleen was so afraid of cameron and the company that even when she was left out of the box to do her chores unsupervised despite the fact that there were neighbors and phones colleen never tried to escape or get help and then she would just get back into her box In 1980, it had been four years since she had been abducted. Colleen had gained enough trust from her kidnappers that they allowed her to phone home. Imagine the shock. Come on. No, I know. I know. Like complete brainwashing. Um, Cameron made Colleen believe that the company would be listening to the conversation, and if they heard her say anything, they would hurt her and her family. When she called home, her younger sister, Bonnie, answered. And Bonnie obviously had, like, a ton of questions to ask her. But Colleen was afraid to answer anything that might endanger either of them. So she just said that she was all right and she loved them and missed them all. Colleen's family never connected c- c- contacted authorities after the phone call because Colleen said that she was fine. Understandably, they thought that Colleen had joined a cult. They were big back then. They were afraid that if they got the police involved... It might make her angry and she might not reach out again and then they lose contact with her forever. So they didn't, they never contacted police. Um, a few months later, Cameron decided that he was going to allow Colleen to visit her family.
0: What is wrong with this guy? Like, I don't get it.
1: I'm not saying wrong with the guy, but. <laughs> like, he makes these, I, he, I think he's just really arrogant, right? Like, he thinks that he, well, he did have so much control over her that it didn't he he would never had doubt that she wouldn't sue say or do anything i guess he's cocky
0: yeah um but what's that thing there when you remember when the, or what's it called when the uh
1: oh, the uh, stockholm syndrome yeah yeah i talk about that later oh yeah but that's that's exactly what was going on stockholm syndrome um so Cameron and Colleen show up at her parents' house one day unannounced. Cameron introduced himself as Colleen's new boyfriend using the name Mike Powers, the same name that he used on the contract. He left Colleen with her family like he left her there for 24 hours and he left and because he said he had to go to a convention and that he would pick her up the next day. So the family noticed how skinny and pale she was, but they were just so happy to see her and they didn't want to scare her off so they tried not to ask too many questions and colleen didn't say a word she didn't make any kind of indication that there was something wrong it's
0: so wild eh? it is it's amazing your your, psychology what what you can do with your psyche and what people can do with it yeah
1: it is well it makes like prisoners of war kind of thing right it's the same kind of thing Uh, Cameron came back the next day to pick her up and while he was there, the family took a picture of her and Cameron together in the photo. Colleen is seen smiling and happy and she's got her arms around Cameron. I'll I'll post the picture on Instagram, but they just look like a happy couple. Colleen said that when the picture was taken, she was just so happy to see her family and that he allowed her to do this, that she posed for the photo willingly. He said that they were moving soon and that he'd send the family the new contact contact information as soon as they settled. When they got back, I think Cameron freaked out a little bit at what he had just done. And he locked her in the box, like, immediately. And she was left in the box for 23 hours a day after that. And because, like, for three years. Three three years. She's in that box. 23 hours a day.
0: So he screws up or gets panicky and then throws her in there and doesn't think that, Wow.
1: Yeah. And she was like what i didn't do anything wrong like i did everything that you said but um because she was in there for such long periods of the day she would use a bedpan in the box but it was she'd like keep it at her feet but she couldn't she didn't have enough space to sit up or anything so she just kind of hook her feet around it and then scooch it back towards her and then try to push it back again like terrible conditions obviously terrible
0: what? You don't think that being put in a box for 23 hours yeah. under a waterbed is great conditions? Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, and I imagine it must get really hot in there in the summer? Could you
0: imagine the bed sores too? Like just oh, from yeah. laying there, like you, you can't move, you can't stretch, you can't... Yeah.
1: Six years after her abduction, Janice Hooker took an interest in Christianity. They knew that Colleen had been a devout Christian, so sometimes when Cameron was at work, Janice would let her out of the box and they would read the Bible together. And Cameron eventually allowed Janice and Colleen to go to church together every weekend. Janice must have started feeling guilty with her newfound Christianity because Colleen was reintroduced to the neighbors and the children, and she started to get some more time out of the box. At this point, Cameron decided that he wanted to make Colleen his second wife. This is where Janice is like, um, nope.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah, this is where her mindset changed a little bit. He allowed Colleen to go out and get a job at the hotel as a maid. So at this point she was around people all the time at the church at her job, but she was still so afraid of Cameron and the company that she never said anything. But on August 9th, 1984, Janice told Colleen that Cameron had been lying this whole time about the company and that he had nothing to do with it. She said that the company was a real thing, but Cameron was not a part of it. So the next morning, Colleen got up and went to a local bus station. She picked up the phone and she called Cameron and she said to Cameron that she was leaving and he couldn't stop her. Oh, and poor Cameron, he got upset and started crying.
0: Well, yeah. (laughs) His second
1: wife was leaving. him. Why is she
0: so mean to him? (laughs) his feeling like that
1: <laughs> she got on a bus and she went home and she started to live like a normal life like she just went back home and acted like none of this happened she didn't tell anybody she just went home <laughs> and she actually stayed in contact with cameron over the next few months because she believed that he could reform oh boy yeah janice continued going to church on her own after colleen left Until November 8th, 1984, she asked the pastor if she could make a confession. The pastor couldn't believe what he was hearing when she started talking. He told Janice that he couldn't listen to this alone and got permission to call the police. And she confessed to everything. Four days later, the police found Colleen living a normal life at home. But Colleen was functioning so well, like she didn't have any, she didn't appear to have any psychological trauma. She just looked like, she was living a normal life so at first they didn't really believe what was going on but then when they took their her statement and it aligned with what janice had said they were like well i think there's something here so they
0: you, you think there's something <laughs> yeah we think there. you know what <laughs> i know we're not professionals no oh, wait a minute we are <laughs> professionals but i really think there's so- i mean i've got two women <laughs> saying that you know one was abused and stuff Nah, it couldn't be. (laughs) No,
1: but she's acting normal. It can't be. can't be acting normal. (laughs) So, any this is what I, this is what makes me angry. Despite Janice's involvement in the years of torture of Colleen, and she was there when she was kidnapped, and she was fully aware that she was being stored in a box for 23 hours a day. She got off. She got off. They gave her immunity because she turned in her husband and quote unquote, like helped her escape by telling her that the company wasn't real.
0: Well, that was nicer after eight years of her life right or six years or whatever <laughs> yeah
1: it i think it was seven years in total and they told her if she agreed to testify she wouldn't face any jail time carla homoka anybody right well, is it? yeah so usually these people have like some kind of sorted past right these offenders but when they looked into Cameron's history, they, there was nothing. There was no reason for him to turn out the way he did. He had a normal family, had lots of friends. He was happy, and then he just kind of—it just happened. So, I guess he just never. Know you know what name. it was? What was it?
0: Rock and roll. <laughs> was, I know that they it said was that it, it, it was, was rock and roll. Music. It was Satan's music. <laughs> If he would have not listen to that in this 1977 when it came oh, out. He
1: was he was listening to his records in reverse for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> See how I solved this?
1: Good job. You're welcome. It's little
0: things I do, people. It's little things I do.
1: Um
0: I should do a podcast where just ask Rob. I'll tell you what the problem is. And I'll tell you how it happened.
1: <laughs> when they did a search of the home, they found all kinds of evidence, leather restraints, the head box, a stretcher hooks in the ceilings, and hundreds of BDSM magazines. So let
0: me get this straight. This guy keeps somebody for seven years, Mm -hmm. hides her, does all this stuff. She leaves. For months. And he's not even smart enough to clean up the fucking evidence. Right. Excuse my French. Right. Or Spanish, or whatever you (laughs) want to call it. I don't (laughs) want to offend anybody. Swearing. Um, He was cocky.
1: That's That's what it comes down to. Like,
0: Cocky and a rock and roll listener, yes.
1: Well, he had Satan on his side.
0: Well, um, (laughs) apparently,
1: uh, they also found several. I
0: noticed that wait, hold on, I'm not done here now. All right, he had Satan on his side. She goes to church and gets God on his side. Oh, yeah, see, that's what
1: happened. Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: like the whole stand. Yeah, hasn't read the stand by Stephen King? Yes, I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's (laughs) God versus the devil.
1: Okay. They also found several photos of Colleen being tortured and like in the, what are they called? The films, the undeveloped films of
0: the negatives, honey. (laughs) Yeah, but they were
1: undeveloped. They weren't negatives yet.
0: Oh, it's like the roles of film. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like old school. They found a whole bunch of those. And like I said, at the beginning, it became a huge media circus. News stations all over the world were showing up to cover it. Cameron went to trial facing 18 different charges. He pled not guilty to every one of the charges and claimed that Colleen was consensual through the whole ordeal. And he had a little evidence to back him really because he had the photo where it looked like they were a happy couple and the contract that Colleen signed and the fact that she never tried to escape or told anybody about what was happening. There was also the fact that she kept in touch with Cameron after she got back. The prosecutor argued that colleen wasn't consensual consensual she was just brainwashed and she was suffering from stockholm syndrome
0: oh we talked about that yes
1: we did when they went to trial janice testified against her husband and at the trial they made a replica of the box that colleen had to lay in for 23 hours a day and the jurors were even allowed to lay in this box and box and put themselves in colleen's shoes
0: whoa did they have to sign a contract first
1: (laughs) they should have had to sign a contract first how creepy would that be though
0: more importantly, how much did that turn on?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, it probably did actually. I didn't even think about that. Um look at them getting into my box. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <sighs> um, three weeks into the trial, Cameron was called to witness. He admitted that he did kidnap Colleen, but he claimed that after a few months, Colleen fell in love with him. And then it was all consensual for the next seven years. The jury took almost a week to come to a verdict.
0: Really, they took that long.
1: Yeah, well, I guess with the evidence, like you have to be I know. absolutely certain, right? So, anyways, yeah. he was found guilty, and he was served consecutive terms totaling 104 years.
0: But was released after 20 for <laughs> yeah. good behavior. He's
1: actually he was up to, for parole, I think, in 2017, and obviously denied. But he's up for parole in 2022, so I wonder what happened or if it's happened yet.
0: You didn't research that?
1: No, I was, I'm was. i just going to assume he was a, stayed in jail because I haven't heard it in the news. Okay, because I focus on the survivors. I'm going to tell you about Colleen. Okay. Colleen immediately tried to get back into a normal life. Like, this girl's a fighter. She's like, I'm not going to let this hold me back. She got an accounting degree and she got married and had a daughter. Then she got divorced later, but that happens. And she has since helped to campaign for abused women. And that's what she does now is she tries to help other women who may be in similar situations that she was in. So that is my story of the girl in the box Colleen Stan.
0: Huh? Well, not as bad as some of your stories. Yeah,
1: I'm like easing you into it. However twisted
0: yes very twisted it's age.
1: kind of more like a psychological it's alarming one.
0: that there's people out there like that yeah you know what I mean yeah. like, I know there's wackos out there but it just it's still
1: I can just imagine the press would have been like is she telling the truth you know they have these pictures oh and you're gonna things. have
0: all sides of it. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah oh it wasn't <laughs> yeah. this fault and it was this person's phone yeah. who knows he can't even believe the news half the time no, but going on anyways it's true Wow. Well, that's a good story. So that's the end of our podcast. No, no,
1: no I think this is going to be a long episode, but you've waited for a long time for it. So you're getting a long one.
0: <laughs> and hopefully it's a good one. Yes. I guess it's my turn.
1: It is your turn.
0: Mine will be fairly short. Okay. Because, you know, yours was nice and long. So I'm going to okay. take advantage of that.
1: Yan and yang. Um,
0: so there's this phenomenon that is sweeping the world. I don't know if you've heard of this thing or not. It's called gravity. Have you ever heard of gravity? Oh,
1: no. Tell me about gravity.
0: <laughs> so gravity is this thing that holds everything down. Now we do have some days um where we have low gravity days. Oh we do. Yeah oh yeah. Yeah. There's days where I know I'm at work and I have to like I have to lean on a flow rack to make sure it doesn't
1: Slow away. Slow away,
0: or I have to (laughs) lean on some boxes and stuff, right? Because it's low gravity days.
1: Oh, okay. But
0: those are very rare days. They're usually forecasted months in advance. (laughs) So you know when low gravity is going to happen. The rest of the time, gravity is gravity.
1: Right. Apples to the ground, all of that nonsense.
0: Yeah. Hold Isaac Newton, bounce off the head. (laughs) Yeah. All that good stuff. However, our uh, Darwin Awards today, these. People did not know that gravity existed, I guess. Okay. So, for my first story, a gentleman in the United States walked into a grocery store. Okay. And they had water on sale, cases of water. Okay. Now, when you're pulling a case of water to put it in your grocery cart, where do you go?
1: Well, the top, obviously, because of... The weight that's on top, first of all.
0: So you wouldn't go to the stack <laughs> of water and pull out the middle one? Because you've played Jenga, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what happens when you pull the middle one out?
1: Well, depends. Sometimes it stays. Sometimes, sometimes it stays, sometimes, right. it's, sometimes it doesn't stay. <laughs> right.
0: So because of gravity, mm-hmm. because of pulling the middle case out, uh-huh. the entire display of water crashed down on this guy. And killed him.
1: It killed him. It
0: killed him. He was.
1: When I hear this story, it makes me think that he was trying for an insurance scam and it went badly. Uh, maybe.
0: It didn't say anything about that. It just said that the water was on sale and he went in and he pulled out the middle case and they had assumed that he'd never played Jenga before. Now, I think the other thing is that the entire case, like the whole, what do you call that? Presentation or yeah, storefront what... or whatever. You know they do all those funny things with yeah. designs and stuff. So the whole thing came crashing down. And it took them another two hours to try to figure out what was going on. And there were so many cases of water, like they couldn't figure out why they fell or whatever. And they finally had to go back and review cameras. And then they found the guy pulling it.
1: How many cases of water were there? Holy crap. Well, enough
0: that poor Johnny. And if you don't know, I call everybody Johnny. Unless it's a girl, we're (laughs) going with Jessica. Is that what we decided?
1: I thought we were just going with Johnny still. No, I
0: changed it to have a girl.
1: I don't remember. Well, uh, season
0: two it. is Johnny and Jessica, because that's what I remember.
1: <laughs> I don't think it was Jessica. Oh, it's right. Jessica now.
0: My story. Sush.
1: Johnny, so, Johnny and Jenny?
0: It's Jessica now. Okay. I don't care. Why Jessica, are you living in the past? like the rabbit. There you go. like the rabbit.
1: Jessica Rabbit.
0: But she wasn't a rabbit.
1: No, but she was Jessica Rabbit. Are you a
0: future Darwin Award?
1: Oh, my God. Carry on with your story.
0: I'm trying to. You keep interrupting. <laughs> So they had to go back to the video footage and that's where they finally found the guy pulling the thing and all the water coming down on him. So he was under there for several hours as well. Wow. Or a couple hours, but yeah.
1: There were so many cases of water that they didn't even They couldn't see. even
0: see the body. Yeah. So again, again, how tall did this have to be?
1: Yeah. That
0: you're pulling from the middle? Like why wouldn't you go from the sides or Maybe something? Maybe couldn't like, reach the top. <laughs> then you pull from a side or something. Yeah. Come on. There's huge displays. Or maybe you go and ask somebody, yeah. hey, how do I get that waterway like up there?
1: Was he a little guy? <laughs> What's I he? T- I didn't measure him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, w- I was going to reference people that people here don't know, and it's probably not a good idea anyway. But... Yeah, why would you do that?
0: <laughs> why would you pick on little people? It's not like you're that tall yourself <laughs> there, short. I mean, you have a daughter that's a midget.
1: I do not. You can't. that's her her nickname that's her nickname yes and why
0: is that her nickname
1: she's not short because she's short
0: (laughs) okay so gravity one people zero okay now let's hop in our airplane and fly over to the czech republic
1: okay i'm with you you're with me Mm -hmm. you're in the Czech? yep
0: we're gonna land now
1: oh that was a rough landing
0: now you're judging my pilot skills. Yep. Fine. Next time you're not coming on the flight. <laughs> so we're in the check. It's nighttime.
1: Mm-hmm. A
0: silent hush crosses the land, except for the smashing of a window at this one factory. Because scrap metal is a big, big industry. Yes. So people find all the scrap metal, um, around here, copper, you know, people go in the house, like new houses, yeah. Yeah. And they steal all the copper out of it. They take all the copper stuff over in the check. Uh, steel is big. So five burglars break into this factory and, uh, they get in there and they see these steel beams. So they get out these torches and they start cutting them and, uh, you know, trying to break it up so they can carry the steel out. And they get one done, and then they get another one done, and then they do another one, and then guess what?
1: They collapse the building on themselves? Yep.
0: Gravity wins again! They
1: cut enough steel out that the entire building collapsed. They cut the
0: steel support beams that holds everything up. So they were going around taking the footings (laughs) I was holding the roof and they were cutting them. And the first couple obviously doesn't do anything. Right. But then they went. Yeah. So the whole building came down Of the five that were in there, two died and three were seriously
1: injured. Oh my God. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wow. I don't know. Like when you say what is wrong with that guy in my story or your story, which one's worse? Like what is wrong with them?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you you think of factory, I'm going to stick the steel. But yeah, like you would kind of, I mean, again, I'm not a carpenter or anything, but I kind of know about structure. Yeah, I kind no. of go, oh, that goes way right to the seal ceil- all the way to the ceiling. Probably shouldn't cut yeah. that one. <laughs> Maybe. However, wow. they did not cash in. Gravity two, people nothing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, gravity wins.
0: <laughs> and those are my two stories.
1: Well, they're good ones. I, so, I enjoyed them.
0: So, um, yeah, just remember, check the weather network or whatever you get your local weather from. Look for low gravity days. Yes. Those are the best days to uh, get and water can... and steal steel yeah. if you're planning that or if you want to do some home renovations because <laughs> yeah. the gravity won't be as uh, heavy that yep. day and you should be okay. If
1: not, then just hold your chair down or hold your bed down yep, by yep. sitting on it or laying on it.
0: I try to do that. If it's really low gravity day, sometimes I call into work to make sure my <laughs> stuff at home doesn't float away. So again, just be aware of that in future. So ladies and gentlemen, as I always say, we're at that time of the podcast where I say, please like, yes, follow, please like us, <laughs> download, share with your friends, share with your families like us do whatever you got to do please
1: yes that's what we appreciate
0: it if you have any stories or would like to comment to us or tell us anything or even just you know say shut the hell up or
1: even if you just have something interesting that you'd like to tell us yes
0: or if you know somebody in that would they have a good story just send it to us and we'll we don't use their names anyways
1: or if you want to be on the podcast as a guest and you're in our area
0: which is canada in Ontario, we can find
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we could do it virtually. But that would take a whole lot of figuring out. <laughs> yeah, she, she
0: can barely get us to record. I wouldn't go for that one. Anyways, how do they email us
1: Dead or survive Podcast at gmail.com. That
0: is so still still stupid, even in the season two. <laughs> it
1: is not.
0: You can also look us up on Facebook. There's a Facebook page, that is Survive. We've had other people from other areas reach out to us there. We appreciate you guys commenting and talking to us. Join there. If we get enough people joining and stuff, maybe we can do some cool stuff on there, some interactive stuff, whatever.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and then um, Cheryl also puts everything on Instagram, some cool pictures and stuff, and sometimes she comes up with Rob-isms or... What would you call it? Um, or, it's
1: quotes by Dead or Survive. Or
0: quotes for Dead or Survive, or all that stuff. Yes. Like, you know, like gravity is a thing. Yes. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there you go. And last but not least, and I know you've missed it.
1: I've <laughs> been waiting this entire time it. for this moment.
0: And since Halloween is tomorrow.
1: Oh, God. Didn't we do Halloween dad jokes last season? <laughs> So what? Okay. You had a
0: birthday last year too and I celebrated it. So just (laughs) don't worry about it.
1: All right. How
0: come none of the monsters or ghosts will go trick-or-treating with a vampire? I don't know. Because he's a pain in the neck.
1: Uh (laughs) Oh.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for your patience and thanks for keeping with us. (laughs) We appreciate it. Have yourself a happy Halloween. Play safe. Check your candy.
1: And bye.